Oak City Move is a podcast on 88.1 WKNC, highlighting people creating positive change in the triangle and beyond. Oak City Move can be heard on air every Monday from 5 to 7 p.m. on 88.1 WKNC or online at wknc.org listen. For episodes and more information, go to our blog at blog.wknc.org or follow us on SoundCloud at WKNC881. Hello, hello. Check, check, Hi. check. Sorry about <laughs> that technical difficulties. This is 88.1 WKNC. This is Oak City Move, and you just heard Erica's voice over there from Manifest Music Festival. Yes, hi. Hi again. (laughs) (laughs) Could you tell us what Manifest Music Festival is? Manifest Music Festival is a music festival that is happening this weekend in Chapel Hill at three venues downtown, Local 506, The Cave, and The Nightlight. It's a two-day fest, October 13th and 14th, which is Friday and Saturday, and it has 24 touring and local acts. Very nice. Yeah. And what makes this festival unique? What are some of the things that this festival is trying to emphasize? Well, a Manifest Music Festival is um, a feminist music festival. It's also a socially conscious music festival, and it's a community-focused music festival. You want, to expl- want me to explain how? <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, um, you know, uh, basically this, this music festival, it's in its second year. We started it last year for the first time. The founders are me, Erica, and my partner, Sarah Shook. We're just two female musicians in town who wanted to build space, an opportunity for more female and non-binary artists in the area. So we wanted to throw for the first time a full-fledged music festival where every band had at least one female or non-binary member in it. And this was inspired by articles we saw flying around online a year and a half, two years ago, where they would take posters from major music festivals such as Bonnaroo, Lollapalooza, Coachella, and they would remove all the bands that had only men in them and see what was left. And what was left was probably about five, a handful of bands with female or non-binary musicians. And we thought this was a problem. And we saw that in our own careers, where often when we would go out and play any venue at any level, you very often were the only female in the room, you know, unless you had a female band member and you were treated differently and you were somewhat of a novelty and you're always alone. And for some reason, You know, there just weren't that many of us. And the ones that did exist in the scene, we didn't talk to each other and know each other. So there was no network. So, I mean, Sarah and I just became friends maybe two years ago. Just, you know, we'd known each other in the scene, like seen each other here and there and like gone to each other's shows and stuff and never been super close. But I just sent her a Facebook message and I was like, look, like we need to start, you know, working together and kind of building space for each other. And like, We just started meeting like week after week in a coffee shop in Carborough and talking about our individual feminist awakenings and like what we need from the music scene and what we want to build and what we want to see. And Manifest was just a manifestation of that, really. (laughs) And we're really proud of it. Awesome. Yeah. Everything, like everything you're saying, I was just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because so often, (laughs) even when a music scene or an art scene in general does claim to be diverse, there's always like, oh, we're diverse because we got a girl band or got one of those gay bands. Like it's always like you're that one. And because of that, because you're maybe the only person on the lineup who's not straight or not a man, then there is, like you said, very little community because you were put there to be the emphasis on diversity. Exactly. So taking all of the tokens and compiling them together. Oh, take to away the token coin purse of diversity. Oh. 
<gasps> something happens though. I'm sorry to cut you off. That just made me really excited because that that was the point. And yeah. like you know, we didn't know what to expect last year, and mm-hmm. like it was just amazing because. When we built this festival, you know, we wanted to make it so like you couldn't say that I like that one band with a chicken in it because there wouldn't be just one band that you know what I mean. And we wanted to eliminate that. And what we found last year was everyone that was walking around and talking about the festival was talking about the art. They were no longer talking about, oh, like that one girl was amazing. You know, it was it was like that band, the way that they approached, you know, post rock was amazing. The way that they did the screaming was like it sounded like this. They were just talking about the art and it was something about how. If you make it stop being a novelty, you can actually see the art. And I think that I struggle with that sometimes. Like, you know, being I'm I'm actually mixed. I'm a half Japanese. Same. Um, Real what? I'm not half Japanese, <laughs> but I am mixed. You are, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I'm half black. Okay, Puerto, no. Puerto Rican. Yeah, so you understand that yeah, very much. angst. Oh my <laughs> oh, yeah. gosh. It's like I understand both, but I belong to neither. But that's like a whole nother Oh like, yeah. Another tangent, another episode. Oh my gosh, we gotta talk about that though. Keep at you some on point. books for that. <laughs> But um, but yeah, no, like there was times like, well, I actually grew up in Japan um, oh, wow. until I was 18, right? So then I came here for college and I went to Wake Forest. And it was weird for me because when I was growing up in Japan, I was treated like you're like a foreigner the entire time, right? Mm-hmm. And then when I came here, it was the first time they're like, you're an Asian. And I thought I, I grew up thinking I was American as pie. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I know what you mean. Yeah. And so that when I came here, they, pretty much it was like, you're not American as pie. And I was yeah. like, oh. <laughs> and it's because, you know, because I'm half Asian and that just, I don't know, you know, yeah. racism, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it was felt like really restrictive because people would only see me as a certain type. You know, it's like, well, you're an Asian girl, so you should act like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like, like, I think that, that, that like racial level of like tokenization and isolation in the music scene where it's like, where are the other Asians on top of like, where are oh. the other women? Where are the other? Numbers? Totally. Yeah. And where intersectionality is important. Yeah. And we can just talk about this with being a woman, too. It's like being a woman. They're expected. You're expected to be this certain type of woman on stage. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And it's just this weird box. It's like. Yeah. And it's it's frustrating as someone who makes things and is trying to express themselves and be a creative to be put in a box. And that's why stereotypes are really harmful to creatives. Yeah. And that's why minorities and women need this. Yeah. I also, as always, 100 percent on board with what you're saying and just kind of giving nods that the audience can't really see right now. Yes. Also, I forget how young this festival is. Last year was literally the first year. This is going to be the second year. Yeah. Yeah, because I like everything that I heard about it last year made it sound so established because I heard about it so much and I heard <laughs> only good things, obviously. But That's awesome. just like it sounded like, oh, manifest that thing everyone's been going to for so long because I know so many people who went. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, that's so great to hear. And that's partially because, you know, WKNC has been so supportive and we like we really last year we actually like didn't talk about our purpose of the festival at all until mm-hmm. we talked about it on KNC. Oh, wow. And it was kind of special. <laughs> and then we went live for the first time, and it was Facebook Live, and Sarah and I was the first time going live, so <laughs> we did it, like, the wrong way, so it was, like, all sideways. Oh, um, so there was that. But it was really cool because we were able to drop why we're doing it. Kind of yeah. just drop it, you know? And, like, it was cool like, because no one got to take that story away from us and kind of twist it into what they wanted. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, it was your voices saying that there was no publication to go through where someone could say, this is kind of what they said. It was exactly. Straight like, to the public. We were so worried. Like, public radio. Ugh. That's what we're about here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know. I guess Sarah and I were worried that, like, I don't know. Because, yes, you know, this is a feminist music festival. And, yes, we, like, are bringing in women, you know, on stage. But, like, 
this is to us is the first inclusive music festival. Like if this is a women's festival, I've been going to men's festivals all my life. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's unfair. Like we didn't want someone to be like, this is the new, like this kind of women's festival and branded in a way that wasn't like, no, this is our new world manifested. Like this is the new inclusive music scene where anyone can be a rock star, you know, not just like all those. yeah, Yeah. You know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's not that you're here because you weren't good enough for the other festivals it's that you're here because you're sick of being just the one band and you wanted to combine together because you all are incredible yeah and um speaking of we've talked a lot about um what manifest means for like community around like women and non-binary mm-hmm. people but it also is there are a lot of local bands and there's also from what i understand a lot of local sponsors and obviously local venues involved can you talk some about that i mean that's really special to us as well i mean when we started manifest you know um Sarah, Sarah Shook, she works at the cave um, and she, you know, first things first, she's like, I'm going to talk to Mark Connor and she got the cave on board. And, you know, we couldn't have done this without our venue partners, you know. And so the cave was like, yes, I want to do this. You know, I want to make this happen and helped us talk to the 506 and the nightlight and get them all on board to do this, you know, because you have to get the three venues on board to block off that time together, you know. And it's like, again, calling this group to come and get cooperative um, and like that was really special to us. It's also special since like these three venues are on the same block, essentially, mm. you know, in Chapel Hill. So super walkable, different size rooms, different feels like and we're really excited to be partnering with them again. Um, and it's good to have a, a music festival back in Chapel Hill. Those venues have been used for like festivals in the past. I think one was called Sleaze Fest. Very famous. Like I think it was like more like rockabilly and stuff. But there's like a history of like, you know, different music festivals happening in Chapel Hill. And we're really happy to be continuing that with Manifest and like, you know, taking and taking that block over for women and minorities. So we're stoked about that. But um, yeah, so we're really happy to partner with our venue partners. But also we can't do this without our local sponsors. You know, I find it very important to make sure that you know i take care of the artists you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like and they're not just coming here and do you know doing anything without feeling like they're 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 being i don't know accommodated (laughs) yeah accommodated and you know like making sure that you know they're taken care of and so like you know there are costs in music festival and uh, you know the sponsors help us to take care of that yeah um and you know we're really happy to be working with only local sponsors because we keep all that promotion within the community and basically i mean the way this started was you know we were on the ground like walking into businesses in our neighborhoods asking hey you know sarah and i are throwing this music festival would you want to help us and help us you know sponsor some of these bands that are coming through from out of town you know yeah um and that's why we think it is very community focused because you know the people that signed on to sponsor care about our mission Mm -hmm. and that was super important to us and, you know, we don't want to be some kind of ugly corporate music festival that yeah. gets these big companies that just want to tie themselves to us because they think it looks good on paper without understanding what it means and mm-hmm. being able to work within the community and talk to them directly. We know that they... I know the type. No names. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I know exactly what are, you're talking I mean, about. But anyway. That's also just so useful to know kind of what local businesses are on your side so that you can form a reciprocal relationship of like, mm-hmm. you got our backs, we got yours. Because yeah. Supporting local business is good, but that also means like finding out what people in your community are supporting and knowing that there are so many good people around yeah. is also a really nice feeling. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Southern hospitality. <laughs> and I wanted to ask, what were some of your favorite moments from last year's manifest? <sighs> oh, I think... I just loved seeing how differently people acted in that environment. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> I feel like a lot of times, even in feminist spaces, like the presence of a man changes how things work. Yeah. And like that is sad. But like our society is so geared towards catering towards them that like even mm-hmm. having a man who's like, I'm a feminist ally there still makes things mm-hmm. different. So right. having a space that's like actually just your space and you're like, oh, we actually can just mm-hmm. talk about what's going on yeah. and how we feel and do what we want it's really nice it's hard because like so much of it is like you know we grew up in this you know what i mean so so much of it like i feel like in my own awakening is weeding it out of my own person yeah do you know what i mean and how like yeah and yeah having to forgive yourself and feel like not frustrated with yourself when you realize yourself doing that and say okay i recognize this oh yeah on from it totally yeah this festival definitely is one way to establish that and yeah really it's just like that on a complete community scale yeah it's just like it's just science you know it's like a lab it's like well why don't we just put all the women like women on stage like (laughs) what does that do suddenly like you know we're no longer expected to be you know just like the girlfriends of the band do you know what i mean absolutely which is really damaging i think um you know it yeah i think that the old you know what we thought of as rock and roll was very you know one-sided and now it's just opening it up yeah you know and um, so your favorite uh, moment was more of just a general feeling of how nice it was to finally all come together. Yeah. And um, you've established that as a hope for this year's festival and an expectation mm-hmm. considering the way you're gearing it. Is mm-hmm. there anything um, that you maybe want to get out of this year's festival or that you want to see it go this year or in the future? Hmm. I just want, you know, I mean, Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, when, when Manifest first started, it, it was the only thing of its kind, you know, mm-hmm. and like that was really important. And I just I feel really strongly about it not being the only thing of its kind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's just like one opportunity. And like it's really exciting to see that there's been other opportunities created in this area, you know, since Manifest that are similar and like also present other opportunities for other groups, you know, including like the saving space showcase Mm. um, that Sarah Schmader runs. Like that's been really important to like, you know, having bands places to land post manifest and stuff like that. And like that again, builds strength in this community. And I think it's so important that like manifest is not the only thing. And you know, Oh my gosh, this comes back to something I wanted to talk about (laughs) when I was in the car and I was like reading on your Facebook, your about section Mm -hmm. for Oak city move Like the last line was like, it was like, you know, aiming to empower, inspire and incite. I don't know if you wrote that, but that's what it says. I didn't. Don't back me. Check me on that. (laughs) Um, But like, it's really awesome because I do think that that's what our goal is. It's not to tear down like, you know, anyone. We want to empower those who were not previously empowered. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you also like, it's really nice that you don't want it to be like, this is our thing. We created this space. Like you want as many manifest-esque yes. festivals as possible. And you want to be an example versus like the oasis. Exactly. Because now it's no longer an oasis. It's like we are viable members of the music community and the music scene. They're musicians in the scene. And that's, that was the goal. That was always the goal. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like everyone listening is probably just like, okay, because we're just agreeing with everything each other says. Oh my gosh, if you're cheering in your car right now, call us at, no, (laughs) can I do that? During the break, you certainly could. If you want to say some nice things to us, I'll drop the phone number. Oh my gosh. How did you first hear about Tomboy? How did I first hear about Tomboy? I think it was actually a friend of mine, we talked about this, was the photographer last year for Manifest. And I think, yeah, and I think that she came back and was like, this band was so good. And then I played them, really liked them, really like 
any overtly gay music. Ended up putting them yeah. in Oak City's Pride show over the summer for Pride Month in June. And just like it's like happy music. Yeah, I keep like, um, I have like my talking points written down, but then we keep just covering them because we keep agreeing on things and I can't ask you questions because the answer is just, yes, I feel that way. (laughs) No, but I think it's important Um, that we're talking about it. I think a lot of people talk about this stuff, you know what I mean? I think it's important that we're taking up like airwaves right now, like doing this, you know what I mean? And having people cheering in their car and calling us later. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, a question that I can uh, get clarified for anyone who's curious listening is um, what is the age range on this festival? Oh, my goodness. I am so excited to announce that this year, for the first time, Manifest is officially all ages. Yes. That's right. That's my favorite thing to hear. <laughs> it is all ages. As a good kid Every with single no fake venue. ID who is yes. 19 years old. Because there's so many girls and young gender nonconforming people right now who are like, very much like may or may not know of these people and how important it would be for them to see them and if they have heard of them to go actually see their Mm -hmm. idols and they can't because so many venues are 21 plus in this area because of the weird loopholes with Mm -hmm. liquor laws and whatnot so giving the opportunity to people who want to go be inspired regardless of their age who may have not necessarily found community because they're still making their way through high school or middle school what be it is so important and I'm so happy to hear that. So important. Oh, especially for like young people. Yeah, I definitely feel that way. You know, we don't, you don't need alcohol to enjoy music. You know what I mean? And like, again, this was supposed to be as inclusive as possible. So like that was such a big win for us this year. And like, we really thank again, our venues, the cave, the local 506 and the nightlight for letting this happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's always, yeah. (laughs) All I just shows is something I'm very passionate about. So I'm just like actually smiling really big over here. Yeah, because where do you get the music when you're younger? You know what I mean? You need that opportunity. Being able to see bands that you like and bands that look like you and sound like you and you relate to is so important and something that shouldn't be available once you turn 21 and you're an adult Mm -hmm. and you've grown up without it. So, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. Here's the, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, and Sarah and I talk about this a lot too. Because, like, bottom line is, like, rock and roll music was supposed to be empowering. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you, when you're on stage, like, you want to be the kind of power that empowers. Do you know what I mean? Like, you want to, like, lose yourself like you would singing in your shower so that you let other people, like, see you lose yourself and allow them to lose themselves as well. You know what I mean? And it's like rock and roll and especially punk. You know, this is a punk festival, you know? Yeah. Is especially geared toward like, you know, empowering like your voice. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, just having people just be themselves like limitless on stage so that everyone can be limitless, you know? Ugh. <laughs> All right. And as we said before, Manifest 2, Manifest second year is going to be October 13th and 14th. That is this Friday and Saturday, right? Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. And um, starts at roughly nine. Yeah, actually. doors are at eight, shows are at nine, and they're staggered sets. So the rooms actually start at different times, which oh, is cool because nice. then you can catch everything oh, that's because really nice. the set breaks don't overlap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I planned it well. Yeah, that's <laughs> super nice because yep. that was a big obstacle at Hopscotch was trying to decide who I loved more. Who I loved more. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, tickets for no specific price that we can name on air Mm -hmm. if you wanted to get them are available where at our website which is manifestmusicfestival.com and that's just spelled like the word manifest no trickery no puns Mm -mm. m-a-n-i-f-e-s-t music festival.com yeah 
I just have a really quick joke that I just want to tell you right now. When I'm really tired, sometimes I'll find myself typing it and it's like manifestmusical.com. And I'm like, that's wrong. <laughs> like some word gets like lost there. Manifest yeah. the musical. Maybe in the future. Ooh. Maybe after Manifest has made history, there will be a musical. Hey, if there's any artsy kids on this camp that want to do that, I would totally support it. <laughs> if you are interested during the break that is coming up fairly soon, you can call us at 919-515-0881. Or 919-515-2400. Thank you so much, Erica, for this interview and for Manifest. I'm very excited to go now. Thank you for you. (laughs) You're killing it today. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Solo interview. Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) All right. So sending this off, uh, WKNC, keep it locked. 88.1 WKNC. We are here with some people from Nourish International NCSU. Could you give us your names? Hey, uh, my name is Vishal Krishnasamy. Oh, um, I'm Zafir Alam. All right. And can you tell us a little bit about what Nourish International is? Uh, So, yeah, I'm the president of Nourish International. And basically what Nourish does is that um, we raise money through on-campus business ventures that are socially valuable. We try to bring some sort of fun value or sustainability aspect and try to raise money for a sustainable development project abroad. And that specifically is a life skills education program in Milwat, India. And me. Uh, <laughs> I'm not really even part of Nourish. I just uh, joined in for the comedy show. I do stand-up comedy around uh, North Carolina. And I approached Zafir. It's like, hey, man, I want to start a comedy show. And uh, I would like to raise money for your charity. I don't really need any of the money. I just wanted to, you know, start a comedy show because I think NC State could really use it. Yeah. So that jumps right into what this is about. Nourish International has been doing comedy shows roughly every month to raise money for their charity. Yeah. So our next show is going to be November 9th. It's going to be in Tally. I uh, got Piedmont. Piedmont Ballroom. Piedmont Ballroom. Uh, it's going to be from 8 to 10. We'll be tabling in Tally. And then also, um, we have a website called um, the link or what the URL. You can just tell the fan page too. Is uh, nourishncsu.weebly.com. And then our Facebook, you can also buy tickets on there. Um, Nourish International Comedy Show. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know the name That's, of the page really, but you'll yeah. find it. You'll find, you'll find it. it. You'll find it. Hit that Weebly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So do you guys pick a new charity every year or is it a consistent partnership? Uh, So um, we try to make sure that um, our partner is consistent. We at least try to partner with them for two to three years. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's been about uh, three years. Uh, But the reason for that is so every summer we send interns abroad and then um, they do their stuff over there. They implement the program. And if they only go for one summer, they can't really get much done so over the course of like two to three summers um, we try to make like a lasting impact um, in the local community and hopefully make young women's lives better somehow but yeah and that is really nice to hear because a lot of um, like the issue with like mission trip culture and with like quick fast donation culture is that you start something and then you just don't finish it and what does that really do so it's nice to hear that you guys are sticking with a consistent partnership in order to really make something established even though like someone might hear it and be like oh pick a new charity every year like it is more complicated than that so it's interesting to hear yeah it's more headline value also to make a long-term effect i don't know if this is true but you buy a one-way ticket for the intern and you just leave them there 
so we, the interns, um, they'd pay for themselves in regards to um, airfare and stuff like that. <laughs> Sorry to rain down on your <laughs> oh, little fun thing. but um, So they, they can return. It's yeah. not like they're there's they're there for a while though so yeah. yeah it's not like they go for a week and then like just see get their Instagram holding the babies yeah yeah they actually try to learn about the issues going on yeah and in regards to you trying to give something fun to raise money with you guys have decided on comedy shows and that's why Vishal's here and you were talking a little bit about the local comedy scene which I was really curious to hear about because I know very little about the local comedy scene to the point that I didn't ever really think about whether there was one or not could you talk about the local comedy scene a little bit yeah I think people when they think of North Carolinian comics I think they just think of like rednecks but I think people don't realize that like even like when you think of people like Dave Chappelle Kevin Hart Louis CK they had to start somewhere you know like, Kevin Hart was doing local clubs and bars, like, 20 years ago. I mean, that's what we're doing. Um, and all of these guys are actually really solid. I, I get um, people that have opened for Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock. Like, last time we had Eric Trundy, who's been on the road with literally every single person you can think of. He's putting out a Pandora and a Spotify special later this year. So we try to get a really big headliner, and we show all these awesome stand-up acts, and we get them to do, like, 90 minutes. I host every show. I do like five to eight minutes at the top. But essentially, we try to provide a quality 90-minute show for the NC State audience. Because I think like, especially as a college student, these are the people that are going to grow up and become like purveyors of local stand-up comedy. So it's always good to get to them early. I definitely am someone who hasn't really thought of stand-up comedy outside of what's on Netflix immediately available. So it is really interesting at like a radio station where we talk about the local music scene all the time and talk about the importance of local music. Mm-hmm. That local comedy is not something that ever really crossed my brain to think, are we emphasizing yeah. local comedy? Do we have talents that we're skipping over here? So I'm really interested. I definitely am going to go, especially since it's a monthly event. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of time to right. yeah. check it out. But um, yeah, just to figure out what local comedy even looks like as someone who's just so unfamiliar with that concept. But I'm really excited that it exists and I mean, it makes perfect sense that it does. I think that one of the um, like big points is that we have a lineup of comics that come to our shows. It's like usually a different lineup, yeah. and maybe there's a headliner that does more minutes than the rest of them. But we try to go through and like showcase the different kinds of North Carolina comics around here. Styles, yeah, yeah, styles and stuff like that. And um, just bringing it all in one room for like 90 minutes or however long, um, just once a month is a really, it's a really interesting thing to see, especially if you go to multiple shows, you can really see um, the difference in what um, like people at different ages too can bring. There's, I think there's one girl or whatever that was like a senior in high school well there's like a 30 year old or 40 year old also doing yeah then you have like people like Mello who like was on the road like Tracy Morgan and Dave Chappelle so you have all those guys yeah and I think I mean there are some female comics out there but obviously in like the larger industry it is predominantly men predominantly middle-aged men so getting to see comics we were just talking a little earlier with um, Manifest Music Festival about the importance of having diversity in the music scene and not just artificial diversity so it's really nice to hear that you guys have diversity of sex race age within Mm -hmm. just even such a local event yeah really young talent younger than us yeah she's actually gonna be on the next one maddie wiener she's one of the funniest people she's from chapel hill check her out trying to give a 
equal amount of questions. So in regards to Nourish International, you do comedy shows. Is this um, a new concept that you guys pioneered together? Or is um, Rochelle kind of coming on board to a pre-existing? Yeah, it was a new thing. So it's a new it's, thing. Yeah, so it started, I think the first show we had was like in November 2016. Yeah. So actually, so I... So this is a pretty young project. Yeah, this nice. is, so we've had like I think four or five shows. So I originally, a, a, a classmate of mine, she runs, she ran a club here. And she wanted to actually see, she knew that I do stand-up comedy, and she wanted to see if I could, like, set up a show for her. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, that fell through. So I was like, I, since I already did the plans, I kind of already had a lineup set together. I was like, I want to make the show happen. And then I remember that Zafir, who I've known since high school, is the president of the organization here. So I went and talked to him. He was super interested on board. And it kind of worked out perfectly. You know, we've been able to grow it together. Um, all the members are really are behind it. They help out a lot. And it's been able to grow the show from, like, we had 40 people from the first show to, like, 112. Yeah, we, had, we We max occupancy fire hazards oh, wow. every single time. I think um, <laughs> our first show, we reserved this room that was, like, gigantic. Yeah, it seated, like, 200. Probably the max capacity, like, auditorium style was, like, 286. And we had 40 people in there. So, I don't know, it might, it might have been kind of I mean, depressing. That, it was enough yeah. to be a good show. Yeah, yeah. we're going to have that same room in November, and we're hoping to pack it this time around only a year later. So, yeah, it shows how big of a difference like yeah. it is. You've already made really incredible growth. Yeah, too. I mean, that's good, because listen, all the, literally, I've done it, all the comments I have done it, but we've done shows at bars where it's like two people in, so like 40 was fantastic. So, mm-hmm. the fact that we've grown it to like 130 is mind-blowing. What do you think? Because I feel like it's often a myth that um, when you think of charity, you think of like really sad commercials. You think of the dogs with one eye. You think of this sad violin music. And trying to make charity and raising money for charity also involve smiling and being happy and not distracting from the weight of the issues that you're talking about, but bringing something fun into it instead of just being like, this is miserable. Yeah. Please donate. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's definitely the atmosphere we yeah. capture, especially as soon as you walk into the room because... Um, we usually have like a very trap, music, rap heavy playlist going. Yeah. You're like, is this a rave? Like, you're not 100% sure when you walk yeah. in. But so we're, you're definitely trying to cultivate a fun atmosphere, especially because that's the best for a comedy show. We're here to laugh. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. With the comedy shows, uh, even though it's not like super related to our goal of trying to make a lasting impact on extreme poverty, I still think that it still brings some sort of value that we as Nourish still want to bring to campus and that we want to contribute to the culture here and like the fun and a comedy show really brings that in the sense that it's interesting like there's not there's like open mics that go on at Tally and like um, near like One Earth but I've never seen those but um, I don't know how those are like but um, this comedy show was just a really interesting concept and what it could bring to campus yeah. Even though it's not related to poverty, it's still keeping in mind the issues that we're trying to um, impact, but do it in a fun way too, which is really what Nourish as a club, our goal is just trying to be fun and also trying to make an impact. It's really creative and also just really smart that you took knowing that there is um, that vacuum on campus and knowing that we don't yeah. really have a comedy scene and immediately pairing it with raising money for a good cause. Because you know that like there's inevitably a lot of people who are going to be interested in saying, oh, what's this comedy thing about? Sure. And getting in there and sneaking them into Yeah, even like the open mics. You know, open mics, if you were talking about, most of them are like music people do. Yeah. Like, they're open, the but like no one really thinks that, oh, someone's going to do stand-up comedy. So whenever 
we're out even tabling or doing the comedy show, people come to like, hey man, I didn't even know like this could exist. Like people are just figuring out live Santa for the first time or whatever. So a lot of them have just signed up to help us out in the hopes that. It, well, they sometimes can get it's kind of hard to crush their dreams because they're coming up to our table hoping that they can do yeah. some comedy at yeah. our show, yeah. and we're like. I, I we don't know. We Maybe, haven't seen yeah. you actually do comedy. Maybe if you showed us what you've got, I don't know. And then I'm usually like, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, but not how this works. At the end of the day, you gotta you gotta curate. Yeah, yeah. We all start somewhere, but exactly. Maybe not there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Two years ago, um, one of my high school buddies did stand up open mic, and I went to watch. And one of the comments was like, "Oh, you're this guy's friend," and he just signed me up. So, I mean, I literally had like an hour to write two minutes, got on stage, did those two minutes, and I never looked back. I was like, this is what I want to do. So wow. That's how it starts. I mean, I've done probably in the two years, probably close to like, I don't know, 200 open mics. Oh, what? 200, something <laughs> like that. In two years? Yeah, 200 open mics. I'm out. I mean, you're doing it five times a night. I mean, I got to, I'm going to open mic after yeah. this. You know? I, yeah, just, what is that? 365 times two. Anyone listening who. Oh, I, I didn't do the math. math that Let's do that. I probably done more ratio. than 200. That's what I'm thinking. I'm close for like 400. Dang. Because you got to admit shows. It depends. It's still not a also, open mic a day, so I don't know. Yeah, semantics. Yeah. Who, who My initial thought was like, is that? Because I was thinking 100 yeah. equals a year. Even yeah. that's not <laughs> that's how not, that works. Yeah. What about you, Janae? Talk about you. What about me? Yeah, let's talk You're about you. You're turning Janae, this back on me? Yeah, let's, let's take your calls. <laughs> so just to ask some kind of um, like, less technical about the show, more lighthearted about comedy questions. Um, I think I've always been curious about is, what is it like to bomb? Because I always oh, hear people saying like, oh, yeah. you just get used to bombing. And that's like something you have to do. But like, I can't imagine that feeling. But that's how you know, that's how you know if you want to do it. Because yeah. when you leave that cave, everyone goes to that cave. Everyone <laughs> goes to that cave. It's when you're like, I need to, this cave is not for me. It's a timeshare for it's, female it's, comedians. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, once you leave that cave and you're like, I wanted to keep doing it. I mean, I've bombed. Uh, everyone starts different. Some people have the worst sets. I actually, My first ever set, the two-minute set, wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. And then you get weirdly arrogant. Oh. And then I, I hate I hate this. I hate this Vishal. But this Vishal videotaped that set and like showed people on campus. Uh. And it was like a garbage two minutes. <laughs> and I was riding that high for like two weeks. And then I got on yeah. again. And I was it was fine, too. And I was like, comedy's easy. And then uh, oh. there was this audience. And uh, they were just like, no, we don't care about the plight of the brown people. Like, we want to hear other stuff. And then I was like, okay. And then I just, then I went into the cave. <laughs> and uh, and then I realized, hey, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, my friends are doing it. And that, that kept me with it, too. Because pe- four people from my high school do stand-up comedy. That A kind of camaraderie. Exactly. People near enough by that know what they're talking about. And are like, I think you're funny, too. Yeah. 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 So... You get back into it, and then two years later, here I am. And here I am. Yeah. I don't know. People uh, People know that me and Vishal are friends, and they know that Vishal does comedy. And Fun fact, Zafir in high school was a superlative, was most likely to do stand-up comedy. Yeah. That's and an extremely specific superlative. Yeah, yeah. he was that guy, though, so, in high school. I don't know. I still have people coming up. Well, since they know Vishal does stand-up comedy, and I do um, these comedy shows with Nourish International, and they're like, Oh, Zafir, you should do stand-up comedy, but Vishal has scared me away from even like contemplating getting up on a stage because of how <laughs> intense it would be. I don't know. I think yeah. I would just go into that cave and never come out. Yeah. But I don't know. It seems like a really tough profession. I, I don't yeah, know. I can't imagine being like 
I feel like so much of like when people are funny that I witness is just transactional. Like when you're talking to someone, something they say makes you say something and then it's like, oh, I can play off that. But if you're just talking at an audience, like I'm funny, like I think I would get so stressed well, out. Well, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, at a certain point, you realize when you get on stage, even now, like your mind freezes. Oh, That's yeah. why stand-up comedy is like that is because you're kind of doing a recital. It gets to the point where, I'm still trying to get there, but it still gets to the point where stand-up comedy is best performed when the audience forgets that the jokes you're doing have been done like a thousand times. You got to do it's like so it's very important that you're super comfortable on stage and you're just talking to them, getting personal. You know, that's what all the greats are able to do rather than just like obviously reciting a word to word script. Oh, yeah. And speaking of that, that's also another thing I'm curious about, about stand up comedy. How often do you write new sets of jokes? Like when are you like, OK, this set is time to retire? <laughs> when you first start. Never. I would like to get to that point, but I need every minute of every joke I'm doing, especially when you start from like doing three minutes and then five minutes and then yeah. 15 and you're hosting, you do 10. So it just depends. I mean, I definitely, if I did every joke I wrote and like did on stage, I could probably do 30 to 40 minutes. Wow. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't say I can do more than 15. That's gotcha. my style because that's how tight I have it. Mm -hmm. um, I know if I get on stage, I can do it for 15 mm -hmm. minutes and get Are on stage happy. Do you still use things that you used when you started off or do you kind of well, revamp? Well, I would say like in the first, after a year and like a half of comedy, that's when I've realized like, oh, I know how to write a joke. So like oh, before yeah. that stuff, it was just kind of like weird observations. Whereas now more of my material is something like if I write it, it's obvious that it was my joke. Like you can see my personality through it. it. So yeah. So like if I do 10 minutes of it, most of that will be stuff I've written in the last like five months. Yeah. Compared to like two years. And that's another thing that I think is interesting. You said that like some of the people who are performing have albums on Spotify and stuff. Like yeah. I feel like in the digital age, it's a lot harder to be a comedian because people can be like, we've heard that one before because they watched it on YouTube mm -hmm. instead of only seeing you. So yeah. you're always like under pressure to, I guess, maybe write faster because sure. people yeah. can check up on what you've been doing, not in front of them. Yeah. But also like all the, all the stand-up comedians that you see on late night shows like Conan and stuff, mm -hmm. they've probably at least been doing it for like eight years. So they have like an hour ready. So even if they do like five minutes, it's a five minutes they're willing to give up. Okay. So it's more of a five minutes they're using as an investment to get new lit. Like, I do not have that five minutes to get gotcha, up. Gotcha, but you just build up so much material that you're like, I right. can give this handful. Yeah, because, I mean, I have hmm. jokes right now that aren't topical, so they will stand the test of time for at least yeah. a couple years. Like, I have jokes I can still do. Yeah. So it's more about writing stuff like that. Also, if you are interested in starting, hit me up. I'll help you guys. If you guys, I, a lot of people come up to me and to ask me about it, and it's pretty awesome whenever I hear new people trying to get in. So find me, whatever, even if I'm just walking down the street yeah. and, you, and you recognize my voice somehow. <laughs> Drop some contact information if you're interested in possibly, if you're good. I no, know. no one's good when they start. You, yeah. you can be terrible. Well, I was going to say, if, like, if you like are established maybe to um, talk about joining the lineup for like this established event for charity. But if you're well, just all the interested. people that are established, yeah, all, exactly. Yeah. Right. If you're just interested, you can also. Yeah, I can show you. I can point to you to open mics and where to get started, you know. Mm -hmm. I can help you find stage time, so it's always good when new people start. Come out to a Nourish meeting, and we'll hook you up with Vishal. You can help out with running our comedy shows, and then... Yeah, or if, you, if you're just interested, come to the comedy show, and then you can figure out if there's something you want to do. I mean, a lot of the yeah. people... Like, we've had, like, two or three volunteers join just to help out, you know? Are, are, they're, just, they're just like, hey, I just want to be involved. I'll help you guys sell tickets. I just want to... And um, we talked a little about how much it's grown in the past year alone, just in the past five shows. 
started with around 40 people in the audience, grown to over 100. And obviously, we're hoping to see that grow in the future. But is there anything else you're hoping for in the future of these events? Yeah, the main goal is if we can get an audience big enough, I'd like to be able to attract a really big headliner and I'll hopefully get it to like where Hannibal Barthes can do one of the shows. Um, our, one of our next few headliners are going to be people that have multiple albums. They have Conan sets and hopefully if once uh, college students see that, you know, we're putting out a really great show, they're going to be able to bring their friends and we're going to be able to amass a really big audience. Definitely. Hook us up with an interview with Hannibal Burris, please, if you ever get him. Janae, if you, that's all I'm going to try to do. This is, that's why I started. <laughs> we're, this this is, we're all just trying to get this to is Hannibal a sham. Burris. Yeah, this is a sham. Uh, this is not a real show, no. Uh, please come, though. Hannibal Burris, if you're listening. Zafir, do you have anything to say to Hannibal Burris? I am Hannibal Burris. Oh, wow. All right, okay. He doesn't do stand-up comedy. Okay, so let's roll. <laughs> Tell why. Harsh. And um, we talked a little other things that you're talking about doing with Nourish. Um. And can you explain what your idea Nourish on the Street is? Because I thought that that was really interesting. So um, there is a famous game show hosted by Billy on the Street, Billy Eichner. And so basically we're kind of just adapting that to Nourish on the Street, which is going to be a great game show, which we're going to do on like the Brickyard or maybe Tally or something. And basically it's just going to be random questions about like pop culture and maybe poverty. So not related, but... um, yeah, so you might be answering questions about... Um, be like, what's how old is Taylor Swift? And also, do you know 30% people live in the, under the poverty line? Exactly. Um, to really throw you off your game. Yeah. Um, don't really know what to expect. And then if you win, you can win some crazy stuff like a pile of magazines or something like that. Um, or maybe even a tire. Or even... A tire. A birdcage, I think people would be into that. A know. birdcage? Yeah. I love the variety. Why do you have a birdcage, Zephyr? That was just something you were gonna get. That's yeah. I was. They can put the magazines in the birdcage. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. If someone's just really good at winning prizes, so, they can build a beautiful <laughs> avant-garde sculpture. I have a really old bowling ball. Maybe if they win something, we just rolled a bowling. Now ball we're talking, Zafir. I'm glad yeah, you brought yeah. that in. And um, if you wanted to get tickets for this for a non-disclosed price, um, where would you mm-hmm. go to do that again? Very non-disclosed. You can get it at this un- indisclosed location. Hopefully that's the right word. Uh, it's nourishcomedyshow.weebly. Am I right, Zafir? No. Um, it is um, nourish, N-O-U-R-I-S-H, N-C-S-U, dot weebly dot com. Or you can go on our Facebook page, nourish, N-C-S-U, comedy show, mm-hmm. and buy tickets at either one of those places. And also we'll be selling in tally, so don't if you see a table that says comedy show, we're probably those people, so. Also, we'll have the bowling ball, the birdcage, and newspapers with us. So yeah. he carries them everywhere he goes. Do either of you have any closing statements to make before we sign off? Yeah, we're, we have a great comedy show. Great comedy show. Um, so please come out. No, I'm not going to beg you to come. Just come out or you're missing out on a Thursday night probably. What else are you going to be doing? Yeah. We're f- showcasing great local comics. Money is going towards a great cause with young women in rural India. Probably something you've never seen before. So bring your friends, bring your family. Somebody brought their mom? Yeah, and she sat in the front. Yeah. So Also, it's from 8 to 10. So if you have a party on Thursday night during 8 to 10, that's a terrible party. You need to reschedule. Go, it's, it's from 8 to 10. Go to the party after the 10 o'clock. Those are the real parties. All right. And again, that link is... Oh, just uh, start it again. N- oh, mm. All right. And thank you so much for being on the show today, Shaw and Safir. No, thank you so much, Janae. Thank you.
Cool. So back to the music. This has been Oak City Move on 88.1 WKNC. Thanks for listening.